With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Athena Zone. I'm Janet Boyer, and I'm so happy to be with you today. My beloved co-host, Laura Brown, is out sick this week. Poor her. She has been really sick with a bad cold and coughing, and she even has to... um, see the doctor for her throat. She's not even allowed to speak. So I am manning the dashboard and doing the hosting and the interviewing. And um, so send her some healing energy and good vibes. And Laura, we miss you and we hope you feel better soon. Um, this Thursday, the Psychic Twins, my pals, yes, the world-famous Psychic Twins, Terry and Linda Jameson, will be joining me as we talk about the death of John Benet Ramsey. Recently they did a channeling on YouTube um, they channeled uh, JonBenet Ramsey, and she pointed who her real killer was, and it just sent chills up my spine. It was a real shocker. And so the twins are going to join us and talk about this case and um, the conspiracy behind it. It does involve the Illuminati. I know it's, it sounds kind of crazy, but, um, hey, things like this happen. So they're going to share that with us and talk about their meteoric rise on YouTube. They just launched in January, and they are already the fastest-growing YouTube channel with scads of listeners. So they're going to be joining us Thursday at 3 p.m. I think my co-host is still going to be out then, so I'm probably going to be running solo Thursday as well. But today, I'm very excited to have Natalie Zaman with us. It is so cool when you know somebody online, and then you finally get to talk with them and hear their voice. It's always such an an exciting moment for me, and so I got to chat with Natalie a few minutes before the show. And today, Natalie is going to talk about her new book, Magical Destinations of the Northeast, um, Sacred Sites, Occult Oddities, and Magical Monuments. And this is northeastern United States. So we're talking the states of Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, D.C., Maryland, Delaware, my home state of Pennsylvania, woohoo, New Jersey, and New York. For those of you who are not familiar with Natalie, she is the co-author of the Graven Images Oracle Deck. She is also co-author of the young adult novel Sirens and Sirens Back in Fashion and Blonde Ops. Her work has appeared various Llewellyn annuals as well as Fate, Sage Woman, and New Witch Magazine. Currently, she writes the Wandering Witch feature on Witches and Pagans magazine. For more information on Natalie, including any of her special appearances and her book signings, which I'm sure that they are many right now, visit NatalieZaman.com, N-A-T-A-L-I-E-Z-A-M-A-N.com. And she even has a website called Broomsticks, that ends in an X, which is her online collection of craft stories, ritual, and art for pagan families and kiddos. How cool is that? So without further ado... I introduce to you Natalie Zaman. Hi. Kermit Slale. <laughs> I wish I had like cheers or something like sound effects to push and there'd be screams and stuff, but we'll just have to use our magical abilities and, and imagine the cheers and, and the confetti yes. and everything. And Kermit Slales. 
I love yeah. him. <laughs> so it's funny you're call, you have an art, article, um, or actually a column called Wondering Which. Is that because you are a big traveler? Um, I wish I could travel more than I've than I've done, but I, I try to get around as as, as much as I can. Um, the Wandering Witch was something that I had come up with. Like I guess you're talking about the magazine, yeah? That's the, yeah. the article for yeah. For for now, it's witches and pagans. It used to be in in New Witch magazine when that right. one was still extant, right? Um, right. And I I had this this idea for um, for talking about magical communities and kind of um, bringing attention to them so that folks knew where they were. Um, and that's how, it, that's how it kind of started. And I pitched the idea to Ann Niven um, over at, at um, BBI Media. She, uh, they, they're the ones that published The Sage Woman, and, and um, I, I believe it's uh, – ne- well, now it's um, Witches and Pagans and, and Crone. Um, yes. Shout out and to she, Ann yes. Niven. Love her. Yes, love Ann Niven. You know, I write awesome. for her. I do some reviews for her, and I have a Pagan Square blog on sacred symbols. And isn't she just just wonderful? Doesn't she do so much for the Pagan community? Oh, she does. Um, she's one of the most fabulous people that's out there. And, she, yeah, um, she's like an unsung hero. I mean, the stuff that she does and pulls off is just heroic. <laughs> oh, yeah, incredible. Absol- absolutely incredible. I mean, really um, I would say that that there there wouldn't be this book without her. There's there's no way. I mean, she wow. she she pretty much gave me my break because that's when I started writing. Um, um, you know, just not even just the, the the travel pieces, but that was my first kind of foray into writing any kind of new age topics at all. Oh, um, really? Yes. Was was in it? My first article was um, everyone's a psychic because I. <laughs> Because I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I, I was. Yeah, I know exactly. Heck right? with writing what um, you know, right? <laughs> well, it's here's the here's the thing. I have this thing where like the running joke among among my friends is we'll go we'll go places or different places, um, it, uh, any anywhere, and it like some place will be haunted, and I will see absolutely nothing. Everybody will be like the people will be getting their hair tugged and they'll be getting poked and get, they'll feel freezing and I'm like okay what really uh, what's you know what's going on here I just it just yeah it, it's it's completely side dead it's terrible uh, but you know it it is something that that I think everybody does have the ability to do um, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of being open to it and and um, and and exercising it to, to quote Monty Farber. Who's another wonderful person? Another friend um, of ours. Hi, Monty. Yes, yes, Monty's awesome. What is it? It's either exercise your psychic muscle or flex your psychic muscle. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm quoting him loosely on that. But it's true. It's like if if you don't use it, you're you know you, you lose it. You know. Right. Um, and and slowly but surely, uh, it was just like ha- basically how I went from being like completely kind of closed off to it to to opening up um to that ability um and of course there are people that are very open to have and and have amazing gifts and whatnot but everybody has it inside them so that was my my first article and 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 gave me my um gave me my start so yeah she's she's an amazing person big shout out did you train yourself did you not to interrupt but i'm fascinated if we can go back a minute did you train yourself to become more intuitive then um, different things happened, um, oh. and it's it's funny how, like, you know, circumstances in your life will will give you the opportunity. And for me, um, 
my my dad and my dad had left the home when I was about ten years old, and Aww. we reconnected. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's these these things happen in life. You know, it's it's yeah. it's one of those. You know, um, but when I was in my thirties, uh, we reconnected, and he was he was ill, so it was right before he passed, and when that happened, I was really confused. I was like, do I want to kind of open myself up? again to this because in a way it was like he had already gone so it was like Mm. talking to the dead in a way um Mm. and i really also didn't know too much about his side of the family and he had a sister uh who also contacted me and you know she had um you know she she had told me a few stories like stories about like aunts and uncles and, and 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 his side that i really didn't know so it was, but it was a confusing time, and I, I really wasn't sure what was going to happen with that. Um, and it was, you know, kind of in the, kind of in the front of my mind when um, one night I had, I, I guess you know, like when you go to sleep and you you wake up and it's it's nighttime and you're kind of you're awake but you're not quite awake yet. It's like mm-hmm. that kind of moment, right? So I'm okay. I'm I kind of wake up and I open my eyes and standing right next to me is this figure. Okay, there's there's no other way to describe it. It was a person, um, and I could I I mean I remembered it so well that I was able to kind of sketch it in my journal. Like the person was wearing, it was a woman. She had a very distinct hat. She had a very distinct coat. It was like a nineteen like nineteen twenty style, uh, you know, uh, just outfit or whatever that she had on. Um, and I, I sketched it in my journal, and I was like, I didn't I didn't think too much about it until about a month later. When Aunt Barbara sent me a bunch of family pictures, and when I went through it, there was the person that was standing at the foot of my bed in a oh, picture. Crap. Yeah, and it was just like, okay, you know. And and one of the things that was was very um, that came to me right away was I wasn't trying, I wasn't trying uh. to see anything. I wasn't, you know, but I must have been open to it because I was thinking about that side of the family. Should I get involved? And I took it as a sign that, yeah, they kind of wanted me to to stick I around and, and figure things out. So, I mean, that was something. That, and, and, and it's been trial and error since then. I would say I'm still, you know, kind of, um, you know, stuffed with fluff when it comes to that, um, but definitely a little bit more intuitive than I was years ago. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's, uh, for me, it was circumstance. When your aunt appeared, did she appear solid like a person or was she see-through or? It was like a, it was like a, not a chalk outline, but it was very misty and white. Yeah. I remember just white, you know, wow. um, and I wouldn't say that it was like, like the room was misty, but that she was kind of misty, dusty, right. that kind of thing. So. So sometimes maybe it's a matter matter of timing too, and and oh, our openness. Yeah, and when I mean I hear, that, that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say when I hear sometimes tarot readers, like I heard there was a tarot conference and they took a poll, and most of them felt like they weren't psychic, and that blew my mind. <laughs> see, I I was born that way. I, I was able to see spirits and hear voices and things, um, not the crazy kind. Um, <laughs> when I was ever since I was a toddler, so. I thought, you know, everybody had that. And so I figured that once I entered into tarot, I figured that most people must be psychic then. And I was really shocked to realize that they say, no, they just, quote, read the cards. And what are your thoughts on that? I'm just, I've always found that fascinating. I mean, I I don't know how to divorce it from myself. So 
I don't understand, I guess, how somebody reads tarot and has no intuitive or psychic impressions about it. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, just the uh, just the idea of reading, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're bringing right. something to the table. Um sure. because you you're bringing your own world experience of the you know whatever that may be and then whatever those images come up um, right. I think even Pamela Coleman Smith said that it was like she you know she had um she and and, and uh, Ed, uh, Arthur is it Arthur Edward Wade or Edward Arthur yes. I keep messing that up um, it, Arthur Edward I think there yeah, you go right that way but yes that's it <laughs> okay so so between the two of them I mean they had designed these cards and I'm guessing with like obvious meanings in mind because there was that little white book but um on on Mary Greer's tarot blog I I, I think that's where I had read it was that one of the things that Pamela Coleman Smith said when she was telling teaching people how to read the cards was that look at the picture and what does it tell you and it right. might tell you something different than it tells me um and even the person being read, if they're not, you know, if they feel that they don't have any kind of psychic ability, they're going to look at an image and think something. Um, right. You know. Um, the very I think, fact that you're playing with symbols and archetypes and, like you said, yeah. your own worldview, that in itself opens up intuitive hits, unless people are just discounting their psychic abilities. I mean, I, I just always... It could be. I mean... Yeah, I mean, and also I I wonder too if it's like when when someone you know they they might feel like okay if I if I if I call myself a psychic then I'm going to have to deliver um, all the time Um, could be and uh, yeah I mean that that might enter into it too Um, but my my um, experience with with folks who are you know who have quite a lot of psychic ability or they they're very they're very in tune. just because you call to someone on the other side doesn't mean they're going to answer either. Um, right. So, I mean, that, you know, it's, it's you know, just like uh, calling someone on the phone here, you know, if if uh, right they're, they're not one. Exactly. <laughs> I'm busy right now. So. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Ain't going to be know. getting a hold of me. I can guarantee that. I ignore, ignore the phone. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm such a hermit. I'm like, good, let the answer machine pick it up. <laughs> So we should talk about your book. I'm sorry, you're just so fascinating, and I'm just rambling when we really should be talking about your new book, Magical Destinations of the Northeast. Well, I was particularly excited about the Pennsylvania chapter, of course, because I'm from southwest Pennsylvania. And when I originally heard the book, I'll be honest, I had hardly any interest in it, but only because I'm not a traveler. I am not well-traveled. Um, I, I've stayed in my little in Pennsylvania my whole life. Um, I have been in Tor- Orlando twice, um, maybe Delaware. I was at Niagara Falls once. I haven't even been <laughs> west of Ohio. <laughs> so, uh, so I figured, well, gee, this is going to be kind of like for people who are really into travel, and you know, and so it's probably not for me. But, but then I started reading it, and I was I found it so engrossing. Um, not even about. Pennsylvania, which a lot of the stuff I didn't know, but the other states, and made me have a greater appreciation for the United States. I'm, I, I admit that I'm not really into local history or history of the United States mm-hmm. at all. For shame, I know. Um, but reading this, I was like, wow, so many cool um, celebrations and um, abor- arboretums. Is that how you pronounce that? The places where they have the gardens, arboretum. Is it pronounced? Or yes, yeah, something. I, I, I'm Abraham terrible with that. I, I butcher names and words regularly. You so. too. 
Oh, good. Yes. I also said the places where there's bushes and flowers and trees and stuff, and that you could yes. go see them. Yes, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, but I was fascinated by all these and the statues, and I was just blown away about some of the things in Pennsylvania, and that you said that it is eastern Pennsylvania, which is the other side of the state for me, but that's where I went to college, actually. Um, I went to college in Phoenixville, which makes an appearance in your book. But it was interesting that you said that eastern Pennsylvania is purported by some to be the most haunted region of the country. Mm. Now, why do, you think that, why do you think that is? Now, I heard that. I had first heard that when, remember um, M. Night Shyamalan's movie, The Sixth yes. Sense? Remember that movie? Okay. He makes so, all his movies out near Philly because that's where he lives. And that's when I heard about like that's that's when I first heard that brandied about that like that uh-huh. that that area of the country is the yeah. most haunted, um, one of the most haunted we should say because like I think New Orleans would have something to say about that, yeah, um, yeah. right? As 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 taking the the actual crown, um, yeah. and I've heard different things about what the different qualities of a place, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna um, put a little uh, prologue warning whatever I'm not a I'm not a, a ghost hunter. I don't, um, you know, I don't do paranormal investigations. Um, I do a lot of stuff just for fun um, and that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm pulling out this little list as like kind of a, a very amateur, uh, you know, on a very amateur level. That um, qualities that make a place um, a haunted place is, one, it's, it's located near water. And it could be that you know that water is a very you know emotional element and it's and it's it's always moving and fluid and you know and that could be you know an an, an element um, that there's a history especially when there's some violent history could also lead to hauntings and that kind of thing um, so you know some of the things that um, you know that that I've mentioned in the book are definitely like in like in the realm of folklore. I would never I would never like I guess like say it as a like as a fact. That's one thing no, I have you to didn't. say. And I'm yeah, I'm going off. In your book, I, you said purported yeah. by some, but I was fascinated <laughs> yeah. only because I hadn't heard that before. So I was like, oh yeah. Oh. But that's yeah. Just as a little tangent, that's something that I learned about after mm. working with this was that when it comes to when we talk about history per se. Um, right. Yeah, it's it's relevant. Um, it's you know I'm not saying that there is no real history, but we have so many layers, um, oh, yeah. that it's like you know it's almost like you've lost the right story or what the real story. There, I'm I'm convinced that in many places we're never going to find out, or we might never find out. I should say never, never say never. Um, right. But we might. But yeah, we, we might not. never exactly find out what the real you know story behind a place is but there's a lot of interesting things about Philly I mean one of the things that I learned that I was I was just like I was like okay well that makes a lot of sense about like Philly being like a haunted place um all right so have you ever traveled across the Betsy Ross Bridge to get to New Jersey or or elsewhere is that the bridge that you cross to get into um is it Cherry Hill I'm not sure what section of Philly it is. That's that's one of the, I, what's, that's I, one of the choice bridges to get from Jersey Pat over to uh, to Philadelphia. Yeah, I went just a couple times. We had a, we had a actually I went to college to study to be a minister. If that's not funny, and um, one of our friends who was um, a visiting professor was uh, actually a pastor in inner city New Jersey, and we would go over and visit him. But I can't remember what bridge it was. But anyway, I mean, there's, there's a, a Betsy few. Ross bridge. 
Right. So the, the Betsy Ross Bridge, and this is one of the things I learned while writing the book, was that the, the foundation of the Betsy Ross Bridge is made at least partially with the rubble from Monument Cemetery after it was de-sanctified. So back in the Monument Cemetery was a big Victorian cemetery that I guess like in the 50s and 60s, no one had been buried there for a while. Um, they did a, um, I guess like a, they, they put a call out like so people could claim their relatives. The ones who weren't claimed were buried in another cemetery. And all of those monuments were kind of hauled away and were made into the foundation of the bridge. And you can on the shore, like near the bridge, there's still like rubble and pieces of tombstones. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of it's 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 insane. Um, and I'm trying to think of the off the top of my head. And one of the things I would I would say to folks is is take a look at if you know after you if you've read and you're fascinated by things, um, on my website I put a page. Um, there's because they, I had to kind of cut down on my bibliography that went into the print book, but I wanted the complete one um, to be accessible. So on my website is a, um, I guess, like of the full bibliography, and there's all like different and blogs and whatnot, and and in the order of appearance in the that as it appears in the book. Um, so the, there's um, a couple of really fascinating blog posts, and I believe the blog is the Cemetery Traveler. Don't hold me to that because I can't I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's one of them. Um, and he tells the whole story of Monument Cemetery and how you know what it was and you know how it came to be you know ruined and and what happened to it afterwards. It's just an amazing, amazing story. Um, wow. I gave a little tidbit of it, but yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> It is crazy. I never heard of that. And you know, I, that side of the state is kind of creepy feeling, because I'm mm. from southwestern Pennsylvania, and the other side of the state, Philly, is f- about a five and a half hour drive, and it, it's like a totally different culture too. I remember when I'd g- went, go into a pizza shop in college, and I'd ask for a medium pop, how much is your medium pop, and and he'd be like, what's pop, and they're like, and. and and I said a medium pop, and I would just keep raising my voice. And the guy behind the counter, you know. And then finally there's this guy on the side, and he's chuckling. He says, she means soda, you know. And you wouldn't think there would be this much, diver- you know, diversity in just Pennsylvania. you think we'd all use the same words and talk. I remember going to the deli, you know. I like to have a half a pound of brick cheese. What's brick cheese? I'm like, what do you mean what's brick cheese? <laughs> it, you know, it's like, it's like explaining what's Swiss, you know. It's like it's brick <laughs> and it was like, oh, so finally I just okay, just monster, close enough. <laughs> but I remember being in college, and boy, there were some creepy roads there in Phoenix. Though I remember one it was called I think Seven Stars Road, and there was like all these rumors about like this cult that was on this road. And so of course us fundamental Pentecostal Christians would drive down thinking we can cast out demons and all kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> and uh, such an idiot I was, but um. <laughs> But I remember feeling, in, in, you know, in the Phoenixville area and the eastern side of the, oh, I just had goosebumps. It felt so heavy with um, the spiritual realm, you know, um, not that, you know, southwestern PA isn't, but boy, maybe because of the richness of the history. And isn't Gettysburg not, not too awfully far from Philly? Or is Gettysburg um, more central? It's, it's, it's more south. Um I'm a geography and 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 mine yeah, is, here not, I am, is, a is very bad. And I'm asking a New Jersey girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Where the hell is Gettysburg? 
anyway. I'm thinking from from me, Gettysburg is probably about two and a half hours um, oh, south so of have... south of me, um, and Philly oh, is okay. about an hour south of me, hour and fifteen. So yeah, Gettysburg is a little bit for it's a little bit further down, okay. closer to Maryland. Oh, but it's still on, more on the eastern side than the western. Yeah, yeah. And another cool thing about your book, besides like all these, I mean, it is literally filled with hundreds and hundreds of tidbits on celebrations and um, holidays and how people decorate and their cemeteries and their churches. And I was surprised that St. Anthony's Chapel in Pittsburgh has the largest gathering of Catholic relics. Oh yeah, I mean we have. This was. It, I mean, it's funny. I'm just gonna back. Oh, oh, sorry. Yo, I'm just gonna backtrack for a second. When you were like, you know, it oh, was sure. just when when you were saying because I was thinking as you were saying it, I was thinking mission accomplished, mission accomplished. Um, because <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm paraphrasing you too. Um, that it was like I was. It, it was so fascinating to learn about our the country. Like as you know, and I mean this is yes. only a small segment of it, and that yeah, was the reason. Yeah, I mean, and, but that was the reason for this whole entire project was was to kind of give people an idea. I think a lot of folks, when they think of like magical or spiritual spaces, that not that that we don't have them, but it's like you know when you're thinking of like a sacred site, people think of Stonehenge or think of you know think think of things like that, like places away from here, places in the old country, places in Europe. Yeah. We have everything here. We really do. Um, I, I'm realizing that. I mean, you talk about, um, you know, the pyramids that are in the different um, graveyards and the different connections with a lot of the architecture and the buildings. And I love that that you pointed out um, the Cathedral of Learning at Pitt. That is such yeah. a gorgeous building, you know. Uh, and, and I'm uh, just fascinated. See, I don't like history. And... Um, and I'm and yet I'm sucked in. You are such a good writer, and you make oh thank you things easy. Do you have a historical background, like a degree in history or anything, or teaching? I was a um, what do you call? It? I was an English major, um, oh, and okay. I did and I did teach high school um, for a few years before I stayed there home with go. my kids. Um, okay, but I also yeah, and I also studied art history. So you know what I think. Uh-huh. It's it, history, and I got to tell you, I mean, like when I was younger, history to me was was dull as ditch water. I really, yes, I really too. didn't like it. Um, but I found that what made me like it, what made me love it, was like the minutia and the day to day kind of yes. little factoids. Um, I right. find that absolutely fascinating, like how people lived. Um, you know, just their, you know, just their day to day just their day-to-day stuff, their day-to-day routines, um, actual foods that they ate. I mean, I, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that history really can be um, like a, a really a, a pleasurable, pleasurable thing. Um, I've, taken to to listening to um audiobooks of of historians that I really think kind of make history read like almost like a fictional novel um right. and you know and and that just brings it alive and I was and I, and it it thrills me that like that I potentially might have done the same thing you did um, oh, okay awesome <laughs> you absolutely did because I homeschool I've homeschooled my son ever since he was little and he's in his, his senior year and I've always, you know, not liked history because I, like you said, dolls ditch water. I'm totally still on that mm-hmm. phrase. It's exactly right. 
And we get some great courses. Have you ever heard the great courses, the DVD series that you can get from the teaching company? Have you ever heard of them? No, I haven't. When it comes oh, to homeschooling, I've check it dealt out. with Khan Academy. Oh, okay, okay. TheGreatCourses.com. You can get them in audio or DVD or streaming. And they literally get professors from all over the country in different specialties. And they have um, video lectures, 30 minutes to 40 minutes long, of the best um, professors in the country on a variety of subjects, history and religion. And they really get into the nitty-gritty uh, mm-hmm literature and science and physics and it's geology and i never thought i liked history either and then i got some of these great courses and i would hear my son watching it in the background i'm like that's totally fascinating Um, like there was this one on uh from the smithsonian they were in partnership with the great courses talking about american history and i would just wander in there and just sit down and with my you know my mouth open i'm like this is so awesome and they'd bring in relics from the smithsonian and talk about the history of it and so i get that this feeling when i read your book and i'm totally going to give this to my son to look at um because there are so many tidbits and another cool thing about i love about your book is that you actually put like a physical address and website and sometimes even contact information for a lot of these museums and churches and gatherings and groups and parks you put them in there so people can you know research it for themselves or or contact for more information so you hit the ball out of the park with this i am just i wanted it really every time i pick it up and i'm like wow and i just you know turn it to any page and i start reading and i get immersed and sometimes I leave my food on the counter, you know, I was going to eat something, and my husband's like, y- your food's getting, I was like, oh, okay, I'll be right there. But if you are that good of a writer, I thought perhaps you had a teaching background, because usually one teacher can recognize another teacher, especially a good teacher, because you make it interesting. So, thank you. Um, we're already running out of time, I can't believe this. Uh, so I want to thank you for joining us, but people, if you're interested in um, energy and the magic of place and flowers and herbs and symbols, and state flowers and museums and hauntings and ghosts and legends, you really need to pick up Natalie Zaman's new book, Magical Destinations of the Northeast, Sacred Sites, Occult Oddities, and Magical Moments, published by Llewellyn Books and available anywhere the books are sold. So online or in person, ask for it if you don't see it. It is, And it's a big book, too. I mean, this isn't just like a little book. It's over 440 pages. And she has a, a bibliography, but like she says on her website, she even has a more extensive uh, bibliography to fill in the blanks. So thank you so much, Natalie, for taking time out of your busy schedule and your book tour to speak with me on the Athena Zone. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Oh, you're most welcome, and best wishes for tons of sales on your new book. Oh, thanks. You have a great day. Oh, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll join you Thursday on the Athena Zone with the Psychic Twins. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.